Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. On this week's Big Tech Show, when will cars safely drive themselves on our streets? And who in Ireland is providing the technology to help them do that? We talk to one of the country's biggest automotive autonomy entrepreneurs. I have BMW Drive Assist in my own vehicle and it is much, much safer because we are all prone to distraction, especially when we're on the motorway from Limerick to Dublin, for example. We've all been there where you actually forgot a whole section of the road. So I would say if you take it from a safety perspective and it does allow you to kind of relax. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919, 1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. This is an Irish independent podcast. Ireland could not have asked for a better start to the 2024 Six Nations after taking five points from five in Marseille on Friday night. Furthermore, they made history with their biggest ever win in France and it sets Andy Farrell's men up for another crack at a Grand Slam. Welcome to the latest Left Wing Podcast. Will Slattery here with you. Plenty to discuss tonight, and I'm delighted to be joined in studio by Keane Tracy and Luke Fristel for our chat. And Keane, I'll go to you first. You got to go to Marseille, obviously a memorable occasion, I'm sure. At Mr. White, it looked brilliant on TV, but the performance, I don't think anyone was expecting. Although Luke, to be fair to him, did uh, tip an Irish win. As you said uh, uh, before we started, I don't think you even you thought it would be by by that much. But that was I was off air on that. That, that was not to be quoted. <laughs> <laughs> I broke your confidence. Um, but for you, Keane, what was the standard element? You know, the backbone of that victory. So many things to choose from. But ultimately, what do you think drove Ireland to such a comprehensive and dominant victory? It was an amazing occasion, like you said, Will. I mean, real novelty, the fact that it wasn't in Paris. Um, I was at the Champions Cup final a couple of years ago, Leinster, La Rochelle, and that was such a great occasion too. But this felt um, a little bit different. Um, you know, like even we walked from the stadium, it's about an hour outside the this kind of city centre, and we walked and you could see all, all along the walk, all the bars were absolutely packed. You know, the fact it was in the south of France. So like it felt like, I was making this point um in the piece I did after match, it felt like someone had just pressed restart on the World Cup. It felt like we were just transported back into the World Cup, had that very similar feel, you know, big opening night. Um, my own sort of night got off to a false start because I, when I got to the Stad Velodrome and went to pick up my accreditation, my name was nowhere to to be seen. Oh, no. And one of my fellow colleagues said, uh, oh, my hotel is like 20 minutes away if you need to work in my bedroom. And I was going... This cannot happen. <laughs> this cannot happen. I cannot report on this in in a hotel room, but um, I was very fearful because the amount of red letter that letter, letter tape that the yeah. French usually like. So, but I had all the emails to prove it, and about forty five minutes later, I eventually got in. But like, I was sweating. So, how, to, how was your pigeon French? Was it? It's okay. Thing? Petit Francais got me got me by, <laughs> but they didn't have much English. The the guys in the door, and you know, you, like you like you know what I mean. The French are real like strict at times when it comes to rules, but um. If I had missed what unfolded, it would have made it even worse. So, uh, yeah, the occasion was absolutely magic. Not quite as many Irish people there. I think there were guessing around seven to 10,000 people. It wasn't like the 40,000, 50,000 people that we had um, at the World Cup. But that made it, I think, even better. The fact that Ireland went um, and were able to beat France there. The, the, the rendition of La Marseillaise was like nothing I've ever experienced before. They cut it off halfway through and the crowd yeah. sang it. And Ireland's ability to silence that crowd from so early on, I think is what really set the the platform for what was an incredible victory. I know Luke had the foresight to predict uh, an Irish win, but I don't think anyone saw the how comprehensive um, the victory was in the end. I know, you know, we get on to touching it. The red card did obviously play into it, but I think Ireland were a far better team in terms of, yeah, like from 1 to 15, really, or 1 to 14 in, in France's case, um, France looked like they were still suffering from 
a World Cup hangover and I know like the French clubs have been playing really well but as a collective I mean it was real like obvious afterwards as well in the press conference like the questions and the, the type of questions that were being asked of Fabien Galtier he is a man under serious pressure even talking to someone who's based in France today um, there's a lot of the big kind of talking heads in France coming out speaking against him as well so for Ireland to go I suppose and and bounce back from that World Cup quarter final. I mean, it was always a bit of the unknown. How were they going to play? But they just slotted in as, and didn't miss a beat with new faces. And that, to me, was the most impressive aspect of it. You got a new out half. You got a basically a new second row. I know Joe McCarthy came on in the quarter final. You had a new winger. We all know how important the wingers are to the way Ireland play. And look, it wasn't perfect by any means. But God, it was just so so impressive. And even watching it back a couple of times since, um, I was even more impressed every time I watched it back. So, um, like you said, Will, they've kind of set themselves up now for another Grand Slam. I know that probably doesn't fit well with the psyche of Irish people because it's not even being arrogant. It's just being confident that Ireland are... Looking at the fixture list. Looking at the fixture list, but also... Like what happened at the World Cup, like the narrow margins that Ireland were beaten on on the night in all, against the All Blacks, not to go over all old ground, but they didn't suddenly become a bad team because they lost uh, that game. But still, it took a lot of mental resolve to pick up where they left off and I thought it was exceptional. What stood out to you? Like, why do you think Ireland were able to... You know, kind of bully France, put them to the sword. You know, a twenty-one point margin is mm. is crazy considering going into the game. Everyone expected it to be a, a, at least a one-score game. Like even if Ireland were to win, um, I think the rooks stood out to me. Uh, I thought they were really, really aggressive there, and they managed to. Like I think McCarthy made a big difference in that. He was able to have a few more of those carries. Um, you know that kind of you traditionally might go backwards if there's two big French forwards coming at you. He seems to just even stand his ground, which actually means quite a lot if you can commit to. Because oftentimes they'll be very aggressive in the in that kind of internal area, um, you know, kind of defenders one three four that kind of area, and they'll commit too heavily there, you know, to try and send you backwards, which is really great for a defence but awful for attack. Um, and Ireland were able to kind of withstand that through some clever play as well. It wasn't just McCarthy. I thought the, the pack, you know, were, were brilliant and took massive pressure off Crowley uh, throughout the game. Um, and I thought that that's probably one of the things that stood out to me. Um, I think Ireland's creativity, like, look, I suppose I've been fairly consistent in, in that I, I wasn't harsh at Ireland after that New Zealand game. There was always going to be like I think the top four teams in the world, there's they're fairly narrow margins between them. And I still thought Ireland should have won that game, having had quite poor periods in it and some really bad moments against New Zealand. Like kind of silly ones, the back of the line at the, the that try, um, you know, um, you know, and then obviously not not finishing off the driving mall at the end. I mean, they're kind of two clear opportunities. I actually thought Ireland had more of that game. So I thought they dominated large swaths of that game, and I thought the same against France and I thought that might that was what might transpire because I think the team has a way of playing that if the game is anyway quick or there's kind of large periods where the ball is in play Ireland are very very hard to beat that was always New Zealand's kind of trait that just said you, you know what let's really avoid those long periods where the ball is in play I think you have to avoid that against Ireland now I think there's too many guys who are good um, at playing with the ball, at being in good positions, at exploiting space, too many ball handlers, rooking is too good. All the key things that you need to play that game. Ireland are really, really good at that. So I'd be avoiding that like the plague if I was playing against them. And I thought France at, at, at points couldn't control that against Ireland and look really, really exposed, particularly if you go down, always against New Zealand as well, the great New Zealand teams, you go down a man against them, they really, really expose you. And that's what Ireland did at times. Now, to, to on, on the flip side of that, so there were more other, more elements, but I, I think I'm going to run out of time. We've only got an hour. But <laughs> I do think the French defence was very, very poor. I mean, there were periods in that where they made some really rookie errors and it didn't look like a Sean Edwards type mm -hmm. defence to me. Like there was periods when it did, but then there was periods when it really did not have any of the traits that you'd associate with him. Um, very, very passive. Um, looked really, you know, the, the basic rules of that defence, like letting guys go through you. You know, I know we're going to talk about some of those moments later on the show as we've discussed, but the Ty Byrne one, uh, I mean, that's awful defence. You've Don, got three yeah. or four guys outside you, you know, um, to, to let someone go on the inside of you there. It is a testament to those abilities that I talked about the Ireland mm. team having, everyone in good positions, people making good decisions on the ball that exploit those holes, but still really, really bad mistakes. You wouldn't expect from from uh, these kind of French players or the calibre of players. These are world-class players. So they were things I thought that, that France did poorly, but Ireland did capitalise on them. And as I said, to round off the point, 
they had more of that game. They were the better team. The defense is a good point, like especially for that tight burn try. Obviously, a kind of a systems failure at the end. Dante and Mavaka burned us goes between the two of them. But from the line out in the ten meter line to the try, there was nine carries before Burn gets the ball. And as you said, like each time an Irish forward took the ball, they were making yardage. You, you just wouldn't when you usually see a French team up against Ireland or, or Leinster in some of those big games. That's where they've really struggled to get that bit of purchase. McCarthy got the ball a few times, but those guys, Van der Fleer carried really well, Doris did. And I was just surprised, as you say, a Sean Edwards defence and the French defence, which has been pretty good since he came in, was just allowing so much yardage from, from the Irish forwards. Yeah, I thought the the Dante, what would you say, attempted tackle on Ty Byrne. I know it was well, a systematic failure. I think he looks, he looks like he makes a bad read on it to me. He it's makes a bad read, a, yeah. He's and not getting out of the way of it, but like... But it was, that, just, it was just so jarring. His hands for a second. I watched the replay again. You just got straight yeah, but you, up the you just see, don't you? Yeah. You just see. Do you know what it is though? That that's the quality of Burns' line. Burns' line is so good, but it's low as well at the back. It, it's a genuine option, you know. And Ireland can expose you there. It's all also the time. it's also Crowley scanning. Um, if you watch back on the replay, you can see that Crowley isn't even looking at the ball at the breakdown of phase before he's calling to Tyg Burn because he spots on the fringe that Mauvaka is just too slow and falling across. So that helps create the. Gap as well and I thought for I know we'll get on to obviously talk about Crowley but his ability to do that in that kind of environment I thought was exceptional really and but, but that's the shape the team get in so like I, I to my so I've always had a different view on that I feel like that's the responsibility yes he's got to pick the decision and he did that really really well lovely bit of skill but actually there's massive responsibility on other guys to get in position to do that so like that's it. I think if you look at Ireland, they they always get in good positions mm -hmm. to do that. So that's why last week, sorry, the reason I, I say that, because I always felt like as an outside back particularly, it was your job to spread the field, to create those scenarios for someone like a Crowley, a Sexton, mm -hmm. to be able to pick the right pass at the right time. And I think that's where the decision lies. Now, of course, he scans, but the, the guys are in position there already. And I think this Ireland team do that really, really well. And that's why they're so hard to play in open play, because people are in good positions giving good options which take advantage of situations like that. It, it's a sign, I was writing about this yesterday, to me that's a sign of how exceptional the Irish system is yeah. that you have a new 10. I fully agree with the points that you're making. It's the animation off the ball with low mm. out the back. Mm. But that to me is such a brilliant sign of the system and the coaching as well as obviously the skills of the yeah. players that you can drop a new out half into it yeah. and nothing changes yeah. because if that's Johnny Sexton running that line we're all going wow that was brilliant but Crowley is doing it obviously in his first Six Nations start and it wasn't just that try there was so many there was so many different aspects of the performance like each of the five tries came from the line out obviously the line out was a hugely positive source which it, it wasn't at the World Cup and you can see how much confidence Ireland get when it goes well but it's the it's the ability of guys to step in and out of first receiver and take the pressure, not take the pressure off Crowley, but to make Ireland's attack a little bit less predictable. And Ireland's attack hasn't been predictable for the last few years. But you think you think of Calvin Nash's try, it's Hugo Keenan who's stepping in at first receiver there because Crowley goes in. There's another time where Robbie Henshaw is stepping in at first receiver. Like all of these different guys being comfortable on the ball. James Lowe did it a couple of times off lineouts as well. We know like Calvin Nash actually did it as well off another lineout. So all these different guys step in to take responsibility is such a like I said a brilliant sign of the system but also how comfortable guys are I think it's slotting in and out of it and defences are still struggling to, to figure it out that's, that's the, the I was just going to say the yeah. same thing it's, that's, the, that's the key element with this mm. is that they spread the pitch well but they also against rush defences you can see they have guys who have they, they sit in a little bit tighter to the ball carrier which gives them an opportunity to yes hide a little bit longer if you need to mm -hmm. but if you, you know if you see that there's opportunities you can go a little bit earlier um, but also it gives you the opportunity that if there's a guy coming in they can still and, and, and everyone can ball play Everyone yeah. can ball play. That's a real. That's that's the keystone that the team is built around. I think mm -hmm. is that everyone now on the team one to fifteen or one to twenty. I was just going to say forwards as well. Yeah. Everyone yeah. can pass the ball, so it means everything is a live option, which was always. Mm -hmm. I go back to this, and, it's, and people will, will get annoyed probably, but it's always what New Zealand were so good at is that wherever there was a space, the ball was able to get there. Mm -hmm. And they were able to expose any mistakes. Someone taking a half second break, they're tired from the previous rough to go, okay, I don't think the ball's coming, I can take a little break or I don't have to get off the line with my team. And that's what France did at times on the weekend. And they got exposed badly because of it, because Ireland can get the ball there. Uh, and I think what I said about Crowley last week was that I didn't think he needed to have, like, look, he was always going to have a few moments where he was going to try things. And you do like to see that in a player, but there were some kind of big mistakes in international rugby there. <coughs> We expected that, or I expected that at least. 
what I thought he did brilliantly well was he reacted really well to them. But also, his best moments in the game were where he fit in to the team when he wasn't trying that. Because I think he has that in his mm -hmm. game to have the special moment. But I think what will come to him over time is that the moment will present itself rather than him searching for it. And that's that's what you get. That's where you get to the sexton level. Um, it was where you're making way more good decisions and bad decisions. But he was good when he was fitting in, when he was using the international players around him that had got themselves in good positions, that were able to take pressure off him by taking an extra ball and by, be, by being the extra distributor. And I think he's in a really good setup at the moment to really flourish. And I think he's got the personality to do it. And, the, and I think he's also got the physical abilities to do it. I was really impressed with him. I thought his tackling was really good. And even that ball, he has that ability as well to take the ball to the line and be a threat himself, mm. which I think is something that might really work well for this team. In, in, a, in a way, and I, I agree with you, he did make a, a few errors and everyone would remember them. The chip through, like that was never really on. The cross field kick, I mean, that was it seemed like a breakdown in communication. But in a way, I really liked that he brought his own personality yeah. to it because yeah. I totally agree with, with Luke. And I would say I'd be shocked if that wasn't the brief he was given last week. You don't need to yeah. be a hero here. Just slot in and do, do the basics well, which he did. But he was also trying to be himself like he didn't try and come in and try and be Johnny Farrell, Sexton can I ask you that one do you think Farrell kind of says a little bit of that to him as well do you, I, I feel like he's a real go and play enjoy well, Kevin Nash kind of yeah. basically said that after he the game that? you know yeah. that he had that's a discussion what I'm with Andy Farrell just because I'm going to hear you say it I think Andy Farrell yeah. kind of said do what you've done yeah. to date like, that's why I picked you you know so and yeah. the Calvin Nash thing is such I'm glad you brought it up Will Andy Farrell did not have to tell us that in the press conference. He was just asked, oh, Calvin Ash did really well, didn't he? Um, explain, like I'm paraphrasing. And he gave you this little insight um, that, that you, I don't know if you didn't see it, Will, or if people didn't hear it. Basically, like, Calvin Ash was really nervous all week. Yeah, and he from what, rang Keith Earl. From what I heard that, as well, he maybe didn't train the best all week. Um, hmm. And Farrell still had the conviction to, to pick him, number one. But after the captain's run, he had spotted that he was a bit nervous and Calvin Ash, you know, they sat down and they had a chat and he said, yeah, look, I am. And he asked him a couple of questions and he had all the answers. And he said, from then on, I just actually felt confident. But it's just, it just goes back to that emotional intelligence of, oh, yeah. of the guy, doesn't he? I mean, I would say a lot of... A lot of coaches, if a player, a rookie player, wasn't playing well in training during the week, they'd be like, okay, maybe he isn't ready. We can just go with it. You can't pull a bunch of selects. Well, that's it. Depends how late, I suppose, they selected. But you know what I mean? No, there's like, a real feel to that. Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, there yeah. is. And like I would say he did the same to, to Jack Crowley. You know what I mean? Just yeah, go yeah. out and be yourself. Don't be afraid to, to play your own game. And what a... What a boost that must be for young players to come into that system, like you said, which is so well-oiled, but also to express themselves yeah. and, and be themselves. It's just hugely positive. But there's lots of great players, Will, as well. Like, you know, if you think of, like, Sheehan has got to be the best in his position in the world, I think. If not, very, very mm -hmm. close. Uh, you think of Doris. Like, if you can't stop Doris, you can't stop Ireland, I don't think. He was outstanding. Everything he touched in the weekend, I was like, Jesus. That God, counter that when he took two of the oh, French players. Unbelievable. But even the story, <laughs> it's the carrying, it's the extra yeah. yard he gets. It's it's a little bit of footwork. Mm -hmm. It's the ball playing as well. You know, he that was no stress to him to throw that pass out off the Henshaw. It was like the one last year against France for Ringrose. That was unbelievable. It, it kind of yeah, reminded like a, me. It was like a real awkward, like kind of floater, yeah. but it, got, it was perfect. And like, actually, we, we were, my, I was sitting next to Rudd, mm -hmm. and I, as that try happened, we both said turned to each other at the same time. and Said, "God, that was similar enough." Now the one last year was exceptionally even better, yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah the skills very good. Um, like, and he's got great. That's the that is the key point for him is that he. I think he's. I, I, you know, I said, I said this last week. Well, I think he was. I, I think if he can just slot in, there's a great, inter, there's really good international rugby players. There's not just good players. There's like guys who are like the top at the top of their game in the world. There, so um, facilitating that will create its own uh, like opportunities for him. And I think the more he has in the position. Um, you know, I think the better he will get. He looks like a guy who's built for it. And a lot of the good work that you would have touched on in the last couple of minutes was underpinned by the line-out and the kind of the re-emergence of it as a real weapon. Like, all five tries came from the line-out. Ireland were 100% on their throw. Obviously, got some nice uh, steals on the French throw, but also disrupted some as well. Like, you can't underestimate it, or not that anyone is, but how massive that is. Like, you know, Paul O'Connell was, I think, getting criticised for not getting criticised in the build-up to the game, but what a way to kind of get that back on track because it was a, such a weapon. 
It, it is, yeah. And like I said, so much of Ireland's good play and confidence clearly illustrated by the fact that all five tries came of it, came from lineouts. But um, yeah, like the the Irish lineout was under pressure. Um, we had Dan Sheen in the mix zone afterwards, and I asked him what I thought was a fairly. Was that you yeah. asked him? I, I heard someone des- <laughs> describe his answer, and I did not. Yeah, fair. I, I like, thought it was a, a he, fairly. He was denying that it was the problem. Yeah, I was like, but in, it was a massive. Did you problem. watch the World Cup? But in yeah. hindsight, he, he I, didn't play some of the matches. Yes, yeah, he didn't play. I think he was going. Uh, no, I don't think he did. Didn't he not? He came bench? back in. Yeah, yeah, sorry. But the line had improved like a little, like it wasn't. <laughs> he was like, like, not on my watch. He was like, what's it bad? And I was thinking afterwards, I was because I didn't have this stat to hand that it was the 14th worst line out at the World Cup, which is like a disgrace for an Irish team, really, when you think about it. Jeez. But um, <laughs> so I, I didn't want to, like, you know, after a great victory, like, kind of throw that back in him. Sorry, they had to start going to two all the time. Like, yeah, I yeah. Got, like that was to my mind when I heard them defending the stats, I was like, oh, hold on a second here. Everyone knows that ball's no good. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Particularly for the backs. Like it's really difficult to get anything going and mm. it keeps them all in the game. Like it looked way more decisive. It looked like they'd gone, all right, there was it looked like there was a lot of movement at the World Cup to me. They were getting red. It looks like guys weren't even moving positions. They weren't like they were shifting the opposition. It looked way more decisive on the weekend. And I wonder as well, did France did they regret some of the selections? Of course Definitely. they did. Definitely, not picking yeah. up hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, like, I, I was well flagged in advance. I was right saying now. this all last week yeah, that yeah. I just couldn't His understand Moafana and Waki. Yeah. And sure enough, I saw in Midi Olympique earlier that Waki, and I know obviously Villahemsa is going to be suspended and Louis Bray are going to be coming in to start this weekend. So they're going to play the team that should have played against Ireland. Hmm. Look, it, to me, it beggared belief how they didn't pick Cameron Walkie, like a struggling Irish lineout, one of the best lineout operators in the world. I just had no idea why they didn't pick it. They wanted to double down on the power game, but as we discussed, think, yeah. Ireland were yeah. were well for it. A couple of issues, obviously, at the scrum, which we can get into. But um, yeah, they got their team selection hmm. wrong in my mind, and I thought the. They they seem to simplify the line out, but they also had a different caller in Tyg Byrne. They had Dan Sheehan, who I would agree is the best hooker in the world and fully fit. Obviously, he was coming back from that injury at the World Cup. And they varied it as well in terms of the options. Like Tyg Byrne called the first couple on to himself. You got Joe McCarthy, who, you know, coming into the game, that was the one maybe area where I was, you know, wondering how would he fare against the French lineout, particularly if they'd picked Cameron Walkie. But they used him at the lineout. Peter O'Mahony, obviously, an exceptional jumper as well. And they stole four of Ireland, key or sorry, France's balls. Yeah, got two key ones. Just before, yeah, yeah like, I mean, exceptional. And there, you could feel the air go out of the stadium when things like that happen, you know? What was Dan Sheehan's uh, like, demeanour when he... Uh, he was just surprised. He's like, was it bad? What, what? are you talking about? He was about? like, was it? Now, then he went <laughs> <a> Gently <laughs> combative. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I respect that. Yeah, I, like, yeah, I respect good, that. Well, like... It was bad. It was yeah, bad. but no, he, I don't respect him blindly saying it wasn't bad when I, it was I think the he, he just didn't want the book to stop at him because he was injured for a lot of World Cup, which I had kind of forgotten at the time. But no, he he, he warmed yeah. to task then, but um, clearly fun. it was bad, but it was a big yeah. improvement. Well, one thing that uh, also I thought was pleasing was, obviously you look at the final score, and it, and it did feel like Ireland were pretty dominant for the whole game. But at the same time, France mm-hmm. cut it to... After, just before halftime, yeah. it was a bit, I got a little shaky. They cut it to one yeah. score then. And so, but then Ireland score a try very early in the in the second half. But then you know they get that that TMO given try, which looked fairly dubious. Yeah, that was yeah. definitely not a try, I didn't think. But then anyway, Ireland that cuts it to seven points again. We get Tyburn sealing a line out in halfway. Then a few minutes there, James O holding them up in halfway. And from that scrum, Ireland end up getting their bonus point try. So there were still moments that Ireland, I think, showed good kind of fortitude and kind of wrestling back the momentum. Even though I did think they were the better team for the majority, they still had to kind of a couple of key moments fight their way back into kind of an ascendancy. Uh, probably normal away from home in Six Nations as well, I thought. You're probably going to have a few of those moments for the most part. Not, not probably not as bad a shake as Scotland has. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I thought they dealt with those really well. And actually, I think as well, Crow deserves massive credit because I thought that penalty before I was like oh god is he going to be mm-hmm. nervous now standing off the other ones because he clearly should have got that penalty before half time um, and then he got those two from the touchline which I really thought that's a big time player mm-hmm. to me Like yeah. so that was class to see that to, to see the bounce back there so um, yeah I think across the team they had guys good like I say it again, like good players. They've like top class international rugby players playing on that team, like the best in their position, a few of them. And they kind of stood up in the key moments, which is what you really need. And and I thought um do you know, I was really pleased for them because that that was a tough game to to go ahead to go and deliver. And I think um it, it kind of put a lot of things like I I've been saying that I thought Ireland like actually didn't do that badly at the World Cup and still should have won the game. Put a few of those things to rest in my mind. I thought they delivered on what I think this team is, which I think is a really great team. You say that, but like one thing I definitely did consider as you know, by the end of the game when Ireland had it well in hand was like 
why couldn't they have delivered a performance like that in the quarterfinal? Like, why couldn't they have been as efficient, as ruthless when the try scoring chances came? They were 13 0 behind against the All Blacks before they started to play. They still made mistakes across the game. But they still should have won the game, Will. And that was without a scrum Without a scrum So you're going to have those periods as a team where you're like, they're not going well for you. Like, and, and they so you still. Don't, you just think it happened. I still think they should have won the game. But you think that it happened to come in the quarterfinal. You don't think there's any reason. No, I didn't think so. Yeah. I, thought they, I thought they battled through a really challenging period for them. They were, the referees clearly have a colour on on uh, the, on our scrum like they have a colour there mm-hmm. they were having trouble like I thought it was nothing to do with calling or anything like that it was clearly to me or personnel they were clearly having an issue with, with how they were strategically going about their line out that's what, that's what it looked like to me just lots of movement looked clunky looked I just didn't feel like it was it looked as decisive as it was on the weekend I'd love to really talk to someone like a Quinlan or I'd love to talk to Paulie even better and say what what did you change what was the thinking on that because it looked There's like teams wrong with the line, what are you talking no about? but yeah but like I'd love to know and go look what, what did you change because it looks like you've changed like strategically what you were trying to achieve there and it really made a big difference and I think um I, I thought despite all that they showed their quality because they still should have won the game like it was a one moment of like oh, how did you not finish that like it was it was a crazy moment it, it's a fair I think it's a fair question to to ask though because I know look, I know everyone is sick of talking and thinking about the World Cup but I had similar feelings as I was watching it's that, an that, obvious that, question to of course ask. it they is they absolutely yeah. destroyed like, France in d- d- France one of the big things is as well which they got um, on Friday night which they didn't get in New Zealand and I would say has been a calling card for Andy Farrell particularly on those um run of games run of wins that they got was the fast start and they didn't get that fast start yeah. in New Zealand and I don't know but they didn't get it because they came out of the blocks very poorly they made but, giving but, him, but know, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's like a quarter final thing I think like New they, Zealand New started terribly as well but New Zealand were very they good they were terrible at the start remember the first five minutes they were like we, oh the first yeah we gave away two stinking yeah. penalties oh they were 13 up after 15 but they minutes. played very yeah, well, well. They played very well in that game, New Zealand did. And like Luke said, Ireland still probably should have won the game. But like I agree with your previous point about the the mental resilience that they showed in game, but also before the game to, to bounce back because like that took a lot out of the players because they put so much into it. And I think we saw the result of France and whatever Ireland put into it, France put so much because it was obviously on in France and I think you could see that the players mentally weren't weren't over uh, what happened so I think like Gary Keegan's obviously done a lot of work over the last couple of years in terms of the mental skills and that and I thought the same being in the stadium on Friday night France came out um, after and when Thomas Ramos missed that penalty that was a big moment Mm. as well because if he gets that it's back to a four point game then you're getting nervous because you know they're going to have a purple patch even with 14 men but I thought big leaders stood up I thought it was interesting that um, when Peter O'Mahony uh, went off was, was substituted off after the sin bin that it was Caelan Doris uh, took on the captaincy um, and he was the one at the very end of the game who decided to go for that fifth try when they could have taken the points and run down the clock even more but I was having a look back in it uh, yesterday. You can see the body language of France. They're out on their feet. They have loads of players down at their haunches. And Craig Casey actually runs on with the kicking tee. So I assume the call must have come from the coach's box. But Doris had already called to Carl Dixon that we want to go for the corner. And look, I love that. I mean, the, the game, I know the result was pretty much um, beyond any doubt at that stage. But like this championship could come down to points yeah, difference definitely. in the end. And for him to go and to get two mall tries yeah, against yeah. a French pack in France. I know the game is over then, but that is like a serious psychological advantage for this Ireland team going forward. We discussed the absence of Dupont and, you know, how... Obviously, Lucci didn't play well. But he came in with good form and people, were, French were hopeful yeah. that he would fill that void. He obviously didn't. But And we discussed this a few weeks ago. Like, it really magnified the decision that I think is crazy. The captain of the team. Like, what kind of message that that sent and how big an impact that had? That he was like, I'm not playing the Six Nations. That's not my priority. I'm doing this sevens thing. Like, that's, that has, that's a statement. That's and then a, playing for Toulouse. Uh, then playing for Toulouse. Out half. Playing out half and doing these <laughs> unbelievable flicks, granted, but it's like... Why, yeah. That made it worse, I, I thought, the fact that DuPont actually played for Toulouse. Because my, under- my understanding was that he was going to be away in like in sevens yeah. training and then you see him ripping it up. I was just like, how is this allowed? And we were discussing this off air. Look, you can understand why France, like if Luke is going to be there for the whole thing, they want to get him the game time. But in my mind, mm. opening night in Marseille, the toughest game you're going to have, if Andrew DuPont 
is in the country. Anton Dupont, in my mind, is playing. But it does show, it sent a message. It's in the time zone. It sent a message to the Six Nations that it was just like, it wasn't a big deal. Like, you know, this defeat could be... Just do it, Will. Just do it. (laughs) It it reminds me a little bit of Ireland against England in 2019 when, like, Ireland came in, obviously wasn't post the World Cup, but came in with the big aspirations of winning another Grand Slam or Six Nations, got destroyed, the team fell to pieces. Like, you you were reading out some uh, French media Mm. clippings earlier, like, they were already turned on Galtier, like, some some big big personalities. Yeah. in France like Philippe Saint-André mm-hmm. and a few other internationals already kind of questioning you know whether he's the right man to lead them forward all of a sudden and the captain is off chasing a sevens medal which they won't win they have no history in, in sevens mm-hmm. like they're going to be massive underdogs so I don't know the whole thing big fat paycheck though for, du- for DuPont so well, fair he's enough. getting a big one anyway surely yeah. I, I mean to my mind like, it feels like a it's a kind of a to place that kind of lack of emphasis on an international cap like a Six Nations I think is really weird I'm not going to lie I, I think I don't get the sevens thing I, I never have um, I know it's worked pretty well for Ireland to have a few guys there I don't rate it I don't rate it like 15s is 15s that's where the that's where the that's where the real rugby's played it's 15s you know that's where the you know people who end up in sevens generally can't cut it at 15s and that's where that's where the big money players are that's where the reputational stuff is that's where your legacy's built not going to be on sevens and as you say France have no real history of doing that yes they're hosting the tournament but we'll, like I won't even, I won't watch it. I, like I don't watch. I it. like the sevens. I have to say yeah. for for what it is. I mean, like, for the big events and it's like beat. It's just, like and it, like yeah. Like to be fair, like I mean, the, the guys who aren't in the kind of limelight, the Irish guys. I mean, the amount of work that they put in for. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not having to go with the work. I'm just saying they can't generally cut it at fifteens. Yeah, yeah. I think some of them though. Yeah, I don't know. I think Can you name one who can? Who has? I can't. Who cut it at fifteens? Who's cut like who? Have you, have you named someone who's ever gone from 15s to 7s like, and like <laughs> really flourished or it's It'll be interesting if any of the Irish guys will. I'm not going to rabbit hole to that. Like Nusa 4 is obviously green-lighted one player from each province. So we, Yeah, but sorry, we don't have to kind of go <laughs> off topic completely. I'm really gutting the 7s. Yeah. I really don't want to do that, but I just We're, think it's, I, I don't no, like it. I he's, think a team, he, he's a team he, captain. Just like, you know, post-World Cup, I would have yeah. thought he should be front and centre of a rebuild, not a rebuild, or kind of, you know, a re-energize. Re-energy. It's a Six Nations. Yeah. This is am yeah. I am I going crazy? Like this is Six Nations. Like this mm-hmm. is huge. This is massive yeah. to me. Like this is your bread and your butter of being an international rugby player in Europe is that you play Six Nations games. I just can't believe that you wouldn't want to be doing that. It's yeah. it's it's. I can't. Doesn't compute for me that you'd be going off to play sevens. Like that's like airy fairy stuff to me. Versus the hard like rugby is about Six Nations. Yeah, I would be interested to know. You know, you read a few clippings earlier. Like, what do the French? supporters think are they like happy to see him playing sevens do they want to see them win a gold medal or are they like us kind of scratching their heads being like like why is the team captain not involved I sorry he's involved playing for Toulouse doing outside the you know behind the back flicks at out half is there going to be 80,000 people packing out I know it wasn't yeah there will, will, yeah. will be yeah. Yeah. I know 100% will the tickets are like gold oh yeah tickets have been for, for a sevens oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stand that's just because it's Olympics, Olympics. Like, oh, yeah, Olympics yeah. Yeah. that'd be sold out they've been sold out for ages yeah yeah. Um, to go back to to the game you, one of you mentioned Andrew Porter earlier and how like it's funny we did the thing before the World Cup like mm. who's the player you could at least afford to lose a lot of people said Porter but like referees have decided almost en masse that he is an illegal scrummager and it's a massive issue for Ireland at the moment it is yeah um, I don't know if you saw BJ both as I did, yeah, did yeah. like look to be honest I mean I'm going to speak for myself like like I don't know what goes on in a front row in terms of the intricacies and we were talking to Andrew Porter about this um, a few weeks ago it was, would have been kind of a couple of months after the, the World Cup and he was saying there's times where he's watching a scrum and a ref could give a penalty like on TV or whatever and he doesn't know what it's given for either so to me it's a big issue in rugby trying to attract people like if if you're if you've got a, a someone who doesn't really watch the game watching on TV and a penalty is given and commentators are struggling to explain mm. why it is like that's not a good look but the Porter issue yeah like I mean b- sorry to go back to BJ Botha's clips he maintains that Porter was hard done by so if a guy like that at one of them. So yeah. if a guy like that is saying it who is like a scrum expert, like that's the only stuff that I can go off. Mike Ross has been pretty strong on this as well. Like these are like the, the 
the epitome of scrum nerds. Alex Corby Sierra was another. So, but like, why? I just don't understand if they're all saying like, why would ref, why would different referees across Europe and the world all be thinking the exact opposite? Because right? coaches are obviously in in their ears, but yeah. it's up to Ireland to to change that. Is in off the pitch because obviously you get um, like Andy Farrell will have a chance to talk to the referee this week. You'll get a chance to put different messages across. Joe Schmidt obviously was a big kind of advocate of that, and it's perfectly perfectly entitled to do it. So I would say opposition coaches are coming loaded with clips oh, yeah, on Andrew definitely. Porter yeah. whether whether it is legal or not but they're portraying it as he is, he is illegal so um, to me it seems like it is a, a bit unfair because there's no way you can't have Andrew Porter in this in the Ireland team because I've seen the the kind of argument that oh you know Ireland should change the picture by bringing on Keen Healy earlier or whoever is on the bench but that's to me not no, feasible he's because Andrew, he's an unbelievable player yeah, exactly, I, I don't yeah. get sorry the, the, the one thing I thought that was was interesting was that about uh, both his uh, analysis there, there was more than one thing but one of the things I found very interesting was that the referee seems to be on the wrong side of the scrum making mm. the call as well so, so I can't see should, yeah. yeah so I yeah. can't I can't see how the referee's making the call that quickly uh, based on mm-hmm. a touch judge who could be 20 or 30 metres away which would and make like, you think it's well, a perception well, well, one, I think, yeah. one of the penalties for sure he uh, Dixon gave a reset and then it came in his ear from the touch judge and then he went for a penalty yeah, yeah, but second, second from so far but away it, but is that kind of do you think that I would you say that's kind of good enough I, I would mm. say like if you're if that's an area where well this that, one was quite near the touch line so the touch judge is looking right at it okay well fair for enough yeah, yeah, there was I, another I, one I don't know if that's the BJ Bowden one to be fair as well the Keane Healy one apparently in the second half apparently was quite and I at the time watching I was like oh we look like we've got a shove on here against a pretty heavy pack because I remember it and, and both also said mm. that that looked like a penalty now Conan did lose the ball at the back I think or lost control of it at least and I think maybe that might have taken away from it but there was other ones we were kind of going look that looked fairly clear like that that might be a penalty so whatever's happening in there they don't seem to be getting the rub of the green anyway and certainly seem to have a, like the referee seemed to have a raised awareness of it and it doesn't seem to be working in Ireland's favour so I agree with Keane I, I do think that they do need to find a way back onto the good sides mm-hmm. of the referees whether that's changing technique or whether that's getting in before the game's in here we're seeing this you need to tell us what, your, what like how we can fix this not how we can fix this but what you're seeing and give us an idea of how we can fix it that's that's I think needs to happen because it's not like they're, those players are too good mm. to have this kind of issue and they're too strong it's not like they're young props now you know what I mean we have like experienced props they'll know they'll have a sense of what's going on in there and I think um, it doesn't make sense to me and I'm sure it doesn't make sense to them why it's been consistently viewed you know to, to be a, an issue for Ireland I don't think it, it should be like it could end up costing Ireland you know a massive game like I think back to the Twickenham game a couple of years ago that's I think it was that, I think yeah. it was Raynal wasn't it who yeah. was the ref and he apologised afterwards but that's no good that was like five scrum pennies yeah, but they? that's no good if Ireland end up losing that game so I remember at the time John Fogarty who's the scrum coach um, was saying because in the first test in New Zealand the scrum didn't go well at all and you were kind of going okay have they learned their lessons because they speak a lot about you know there's no point in the coaches showing you on a Tuesday or Monday morning in the review, oh, you should have done this, you should have done that. If a referee, particularly to the French ones, make up their mind early on, you, if the onus is on you within that game to change your technique. But that's obviously easier said than done. Mm. If, you're, if you're Andrew Porter and if you feel like you are scrummaging legally, I'm trying to put myself in their minds. How like how do you adjust yourself to go? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to do something differently, even though I feel like I am scrummaging legally. So um, it is a big issue. Um, well, like it's not as if every penalty being given against them is incorrect. Like, no, no, I'm sure. There, like, I mean, there's probably there dark arts going on. No, but it doesn't look like it's being. It, it looks like it's like if is it nine to one? Like mm. it looks like it's around that that kind of area. Will maybe maybe it's eight to two, no, but it's know. certainly not. It's certainly not fifty fifty. No, but like every referee, every referee can't be wrong. Like. No, but is if he is he fifty? Like, well, no, sorry, they maybe maybe not, maybe not. But it doesn't look to me like people who are watching the game who do know. I think that he's yeah. wrong as consistently. So it doesn't look like the balance is right there somewhere. Um, and like generally, like if you just think about him as a player, like it doesn't it doesn't seem like something at the, particularly he's like thirty or forty caps in at this stage, isn't he? If not 40, more, 50, more. Yeah, is yeah. he fifty caps yeah, in at this 50. stage? You know, he's not like a young prop mm. anymore. He do, it's like scrummaging isn't going to be yeah. this kind of issue for him to kind of to, to have to figure out. And I, and I just feel like something's wrong there. Um, whether, whatever message they're getting across or whatever message they're not getting across seems to be an issue. I wonder, could would, would rugby ever end up in a situation whereby, you know, because the, the clips with the spider cam from above, you can really get a good sense of angles and people like changing their binds and things like that. I wonder, would there be a sort of 
a TMO who's almost like oh, looking God, at yeah. this so because so and not and yeah. you, you don't get the spider cam obviously in every yeah. stadium but when you do but like you that do the prop there every time but that's what I mean oh sorry it yeah, could yeah, be a job for BJ yeah. both and my boss <laughs> 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 they're not busy enough as it is but clearly not with all those videos they're putting up but yeah like it is a but funny they're so one. helpful though they're so uh, educational for yeah. like even people like myself like you know who's trying yeah. to understand what's going on they're fascinating insights yeah um, one thing I'd like to ask you about, you know, Kieran Frawley obviously picked in the bench. It was a 6-2 split, so he was there to cover, you know, the whole back line, basically. But he only came on for one minute at the end. You know, we had Ron O'Gara obviously on last week. He was saying he saw much more of, like, you know, Crowley 50 minutes, Frawley 30 minutes. Mm. I, I would like to have seen Frawley get a bit more game time. Like, obviously, Jack Crowley deserved to start the game and battle back into the second half really well after a couple of first half mistakes. But I would mm. like to, I don't think he's at a stage where he should be playing 80 minutes, which is what he did, and not giving one of the other out half a chance. Like, they're all young. They're all battling for supremacy. I think Crowley played well and maybe 65 minutes. I would like to have seen Frawley get that bit of game time. I know maybe Andy Farrell was mitigating against a late injury in the back line, but at that stage, there was a 14-point margin. There was like 10 minutes to go. I would like to see Frawley given 10 minutes at out after run the back line. Yeah, I probably would have too, but I do think there is a case to say, you know, you, you don't want to end up in a situation where you're like you're kind of like New Zealand, where you don't know who your number one ten is. Now, they might have said they figured it out, but I really don't think they have. And Bowden Barrett consistently always says, I want to be whatever they call a first 5'8", but he always wants to be in that position when he comes back from Japan. He's, on, he's quoted as saying that because he's just signed that new contract, hasn't he, up until the next World Cup uh, to play in New Zealand. So, look... Uh, you wouldn't want to end up that way. I think sometimes you do have to nail your colours to the mast on it. You know, in England have had the same issues as well with, um, you know, Ford and Farrell over the last couple of years. Um, you know, so uh, uh, part of me thinks, you know, you have to give Crowley the time in there, let him settle in. He's got to feel the good and the bad in the game. Can't be coming off on 50 minutes, having done a good job and not feel the pressure in the last 30. So um, I'm torn on that one, Will. You also don't want to end up in a situation where you only have one guy who can do the job. So um, I think maybe Italy is probably a good a good opportunity to get that 30, 35 minutes in um, for him. And it'll be good probably for Crowley if he has a good 55 minutes or whatever it is, 45 minutes even. And you just say, do you know what? Get him off the pitch now. He's felt 80 minutes in, you know, against France. You know, we can save his legs here. He's still, you know, he's got enough experience under his belt. He's got a second game under his belt. He has, he'll have felt what it feels like in a really, you know, tense environment than one where maybe it's a little bit looser this weekend upcoming, you know. So uh, I think now is probably the good time to get Frawley that time. But I would be thinking of getting him like a good portion of the game. Like that will be important, even if it's in the balance, I think. Yeah, like I didn't have an issue with it. I have to say, I think time in the sad. I think it's quite clear that Jack Crowley is going to be Ireland's ten. I think yeah. all things going well for the next few years, and I think time in the saddle in an environment like that is so important. And you hit the nail on the head as well. Will it was to mitigate against an injury because Calvin Nash went off injured, which kind of gets forgotten about a little bit. And Hugo Keenan was the one who went to the wing, and Kieran Frawley went fullback. So when you go for a six-two, you obviously lessen what you can do. But I would agree. I would be surprised if Ireland, I, I would expect them to pick a similar enough team this weekend and I'd be surprised come 50, 55 minutes if they weren't comfortably ahead and that could come back to, to bite me. But that would be an ideal opportunity, I think, to get Frawley half an hour or whatever but it is. But you think but, it should be comfortable ahead? So this is probably where I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that maybe Ireland have made mistakes in the past where they've kind of gone, oh no, the game's in the balance, we can't trust the guy. Like I, I'd, I'd be thinking, do you know what, Like let's... Let's let's roll the dice just a little bit, and I'm not, but, that's not to say I'm not placing importance in the game. But I think you have to trust your guys, and I think you do. You know but where, it's a new ten, though, so you want to yeah, get no, him. Yeah, no, but you know, do you know we're brilliant at that? Nina Bar is brilliant at that. Mm. Like they, they will whip you if it's not feeling right, or even if it's even if it's going well. Like say the guys in their pack, like Etzebeth comes off on fifty minutes, you're going. He's the best player in the world, probably. You know. Now I know they're bringing on great players after too. being dumped by James Lowe. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. Like, I feel like they trust. They, like they pick their twenty three and they go. We've yeah, got yeah. twenty three top guys, and Leinster haven't done it if. Over, over the years to be fair no, but they yeah. start, they've looked like they've started yeah, they did I it agree, over yeah. La Rochelle yeah. I thought it was a really big thing mm -hmm. for them they were able to you know they, were, they trusted the people that they had on the pitch mm -hmm. and then they trusted the bench mm -hmm. they trusted and they said you know what this is in the balance we're two points behind we're three points ahead bring on Foley see what he can see can he do it like he's a great player like mm -hmm. he is a great player uh, bring on Byrne when he comes back into the fold so I, I part of me thinks Maybe we, we, it would be a good time to trust what we have. Well, I, I, even to that point, I was surprised. I don't think I would have made a change until like the 62nd minute. Like, mm. So after all the talk of 6-2 and the power off the bench, like I thought they actually should have went to the bench a bit earlier because France had gotten back into the ascendancy. I think they'd cut the gap to seven yeah. points at that stage. I just thought, I was surprised that after all the 
They're like there was a lot of good players on that bench: Conan, Baird, Ryan, Kelleher. Like Ryan and Conan had a big impact. Yeah, big, but I would have, I would have liked to see Conan them, was good. I would well, like yeah. to see them five five minutes early. It doesn't seem like a lot of time, but, but the reason you stock your bench with all these forwards. But they scored two. They what's scored, the point in doing it then? But they scored two two tries. Like in the end, like I mean, I I were being a bit too nitpicky here. I thought the bench had a good impact in Ireland. No, pulled did. away I, in I, the I, end. I, I have to be nitpicky. It was a great performance. Well, well that's the thing. <laughs> like the thing about like not. I'm not saying they didn't trust. Kieran Frawley are not giving them more game time but one of the big conversations afterwards um, amongst the, the press pack I suppose over the weekend was um, you know should Jack Crowley have come on in that World Cup quarter final not to go back to it again but that was another example of maybe Ireland not trusting their guys now we know you had Johnny Sexton and all that and not to go over all ground but he sat in that bench for, for 80 minutes and a few months on he's propelled and he's the, the main man so mm. uh, to round that point off I can understand why the Ireland coaches are keen to get him as much game time as possible over the next year well, that's the thing like he wasn't good enough for a minute against the All Blacks and now they're saying he's he should play every single minute now like well, not every well, minute you have no choice now but yeah. also as well like, I think there's also there is an argument point, as well right? to to say that giving people 80 minutes of international rugby is very important I know Roger's saying like there's a new world out there whereby you know, you're thinking of the game like you're thinking of two people filling Finishers. it, filling it, filling it. No, but you think about two, you think about eighty minute blocks, and you're thinking about okay, well, that's a, that's a two player position, or that's a, you know, he he kind of had a different sway on that, yeah. I thought, which was which was very interesting. Um, but part of me also thinks that you need you need everyone to be able to play eighty minutes, and it is you, like like everything in life. The more you practice doing the 80 minutes, the better you get at doing that, you know, and the fitter you get because, you know, you cover extra meters every, isn't it every minute you cover an extra like kind of five to 10 meters or something versus like Heineken or Champions Cup. So um, part of me thinks those things are good for you to do 80 minutes as well, particularly younger in a career. But when you know someone can do it, mm. I think maybe there's a, definitely an argument to say, well, let's get someone else on so they can feel the heat. But um, yeah. yeah, it's it's an interesting conversation we're going to have over I about it to be fair either way. I'll you do, Will. You do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> no, but it was something that I considered. I was like, he's on the bench for a reason now. I know he was there in case there was an injury, as we said, that like he, he might be needed. No, but elsewhere. certainly in the forwards, you're making a good point. Yeah. Like, you forwards, wonder, like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And, like, that's, and they're good players. There's yeah. Lions yeah, on that that's bench. That's the point. Like, you have, you know, Baird, Conan and Ryan who can really beef up that back five of the scrum. And like, they were good when they came on. I just would have thought, after all the furore about picking them, you go to them at 55 to really start. I can't think of the minutes around. Do you know from that 55? To, I, I don't think have, I don't have a yellow might have played a part potentially. Mm, yeah, true, yeah. when he came back. Point. But see, I need to go back minute by minute and stuff like that. But it just, it just struck me. Yeah. I was like, when are they get? When are they take, going to the bomb squad? doing it? Yeah, exactly. You're not going to kind of spring them all. Yeah, because you don't have to just match what the others do. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes mm. you're always thinking, okay, well, they've got what, what have they got on their bench? We bring our guys on at the same time. Yeah. Um, whereas part of me thinks that maybe you could be a bit more proactive with it. But, but that's the. Uh, like, ultimately, ultimately, it was kind of like, well, are we going to take off Doris, Sheehan, Van der Feer? They're all playing. They're class. on fire. They're all yeah. on fire. Like, but so I used to South Africa's point. They did that. They now, go on attack. See, I don't always know if it actually was why they won in the end. You know, I think they were like, as you said, taking that's a bit off after fifty. Is that why they ended up winning some of those games? I would argue maybe not, that it just coincided with their victory rather than propel. Yeah, but I think the argument is always going to be that a lot of it can be in the unseen stuff. Do you know, like when forwards are like driving their legs yeah. into the ground in a mall or things that, you know, definitely haven't seen. And they're doing on. readings, aren't they? Like they have like, yeah, it's yeah, all been monitored like, live, yeah. live. So if they see someone's numbers or whatever, Power flag and team, they're, they're gone. The yeah, so mm. that's the stuff we don't get to see, yeah. Mm. Yeah. We could talk about the Ireland game all evening, but I just wanted to touch on some of the other matches. Scotland Wales, obviously, was. You know, hilarious, exciting, in equal measure. Scotland. I think I'd rather ask you a question about this. <laughs> this is really built for you. I mean, oh, guys, well, it, was, yeah. it was mixed emotions. Scotland were lasting in my accumulator, but also the, 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 you know, the comedy of them losing. I was really, it was a Sophie's choice for me. So ultimately, I think I got to have the hilarity and a bit of money in my back pocket. But uh, yeah. what, what do you, what do you make of that? Like that, like. Yeah. Like never, you know, what we were saying, you know, Johnny Sexton, we lost, but we won. This was like we won, but we lost. Like, is in they got there, they they ended the drought. They finally won in Cardiff. You know, they can go into France with a win on the board and and potentially build. But God, like to, to almost throw it away from that position. Like, what what do you make of the, what how it unfolded? I don't know. There's mentally something there that's. I know. I saw John Barkley going at uh, Ian Madigan. I think it was, it was Fiona Hayes, and I don't know who else was in studio. Yeah, Madigan and yeah, yeah, yeah. They were in studio. I think they had a bit of a cut off them, which I think is fairly justified. I was I was kind of surprised he was defending. Like he, he kind of said, "Oh, this is outrageous" or something like that in a, in a tweet um, when he saw the quotes. Now they're very concise quotes, and I'm sure there was a bigger discussion. But still, he came out fairly strongly. What does John Barkley want, want him to say? Like? I, I, but uh, to my mind, I, I was that's what I was thinking. I was like, "How are you kind of defending this?" It was like a complete collapse in the second half. They're 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 disciplined. 
like you know just fell apart and once you do that like Cardiff is a funny place as well though like they're so passionate about the rugby and the game can turn like I've, I've played some great games there but it has turned on like a sixpence you know some some moment and momentum is fickle in sports but particularly in Cardiff for whatever reason they have had some teams where you're going we are definitely a better team than these guys but they are playing out of their skin here and so cohesive and together and the noise in there so Knowing that, and those a lot of those players have played a lot there, knowing that those things can happen there, you would have thought they would have said, well, we need bloody 15 on the pitch at a minimum for the whole thing, just to close it out. So they made it a lot shakier than it should have been after a brilliant first half performance. And I think it's a pretty average Welsh team. If, and that's very, been generous. That's, be, that's been very generous, yeah, I think. So, not, so uh, look, yeah. I don't know. I, I was surprised to hear any kind of defence of that performance. They should have been caning themselves, having, put, having done all the hard work in the first half. So um, it was... Was it surprising? I don't know. Um, probably haven't given it that, that much thought. I think it probably isn't when we see what they delivered, I think against Ireland, particularly in the World Cup, you know? Oh, I just like saw it's like Hugh Jones calling like we can go on and win the Grand Slam. I'm just like, oh, Hugh, can you? Like, not like that. You were playing in the weekend, <laughs> and I don't know if you guys saw Finn Russell's interview afterwards. Mm. Where he like really was like kind of criticised his own, t- which is unusual. Kind yeah. of, he was like, I was, I was telling them what to do. They just weren't listening to me. Like my great, my great plan. Like don't go into the rook. They were going into the rook. Like some guys need to have a long, hard look at themselves. That's like, well, I, that, but you know what? You know, I, 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 I neck of this guy, pot kettle black, the man who goes off script the whole time. Yeah, yeah. But I don't the know. He's probably never listened to a coach in his life. Is all of a sudden like Gregor said. This and we should be. Doing I did kind of like it though. I have to so admit, I, I, I kind of like it. There's, no there's no point yeah, pretending that exactly, like, oh, yeah. the drought is over. That was a very, very yeah. abject second half. And like he's a new captain yeah. in the role. Like yeah. he's trying to like stamp his authority on it. And I know it is. Yeah, a bit rich coming from him. But I liked this. I liked it. And no harm. And needs to be said. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and you can be sure and he was right. And if he said it publicly, you can be sure what was said in the dressing room behind closed doors. So yeah, it was such a. Like a mad game, they would, like if you had offered Scotland a win in Cardiff, they obviously would have taken it. Like if even if it was a one point win, but not in the manner. Mentally, that they had. it could be exactly what they need. If you if you think about like so, they could have come out of that thing thinking, "Oh, we pumped Wales yeah. in Cardiff, thirty points." If that had finished twenty seven nil, but crawling yeah. out of there with a point win, yeah. you're kind of going, "This could be the perfect thing for them." Where they go, do "You know what? Let, let's hang on a second here. Maybe we actually do need to have a look at some of these issues that we that we're having in the big games." So. Could That's definitely a glass half full approach because I would think that <laughs> these issues are. Hey, trying like, to play devil's advocate to, to, to the Scottish <laughs> listeners, like to, to offset Will's. Uh, we can't cane them. We've got them in the last match. We could. This could be crucial that they're they're coming in overconfident. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or angry. Oh, I don't like, want them coming in angry. Not, yeah, like that, that last game. Yeah, but mm. um, like Scotland France is now really fascinating this weekend. Like, will there be a massive kick in France? Because I could see like the big kick in France, but I could also see like their campaign disintegrating and Galtier, you know, getting mm. even more abuse in the French press. And I, I really don't know how to call this one this weekend. It's mm. set up to be a cracker. I think they'll just have too much for that Scottish pack, won't they? Um, but yeah, look, they are t- traditionally uh, can be quite uh, tempestuous, we'll say, with this, you know, that, that French mindset and they can kind of go from one extreme to the other. Uh, possibly we might see a period where they, where they you know, are a bit challenged, particularly with that halfback uh, uh, pairing that I've kind of built a lot of the success on not being around for the tournament, I think. So, um, yeah, like, will they flip-flop with selections? Will we see some of the old things that, that have happened with French teams that have caused them to, you know, not deliver on the on the unbelievable potential that they have? I, I suspect not. I, I think they get this thing right. Um, I think Galtier settles the settles the ship and I think they the, the quality is too much for the for, for this Scottish team. But um stranger things have happened. Scotland have caused them issues. They caused them issues just before the World Cup started, albeit not a full French team. But this isn't a full French team either. So um yeah, a fascinating encounter coming up. And if Scotland can get their head right for, well, at least sixty or seventy minutes and yeah. not just forty They'll be tough to beat. No, because like if they win this game, they have a week off and they have England at home. Like, you know, there is a path for them, certainly to get to the Aviva at the end with the chance of maybe potentially winning the Six Nations. They definitely won't, but like they could <laughs> they could conceivably get to that path. Um the England Italy game uh, as well was an intriguing one. Like I've I've been enjoying reading the English coverage of like the New England. Like the, the, their smallest ever winning margin over Italy has been heralded as this new progressive <laughs> England, which I just I just find it hilarious. Like they, like defensively, they were at seeing the first half. Now, obviously, they're mm-hmm. betting in a new defensive system with the new defense coach Felix Jones. We all know that, but still, I don't think that excuses like how ridiculously poor they were defensively. And they did try to ball around a little more, but at the same time, they were playing Italy, who conceded like almost a hundred points. Was it to, you know, to the All Blacks and also got you know absolutely destroyed by, by France? Like so, 
I don't get the positivity. Stuart Barnes was the only one who called it out the way I described it there, the way I saw it. Everyone else seemed to be just much more positive about it. What did you make of it? I think we should give Italy some credit because they were awful at the yeah. World Cup. Yeah. Like, so, so disappointing. Um, and you think of all the good work that they've done over the last couple of years and it just came to nothing, obviously, at the World Cup, albeit in, in a tough pool. So they deserve credit. Obviously, they've got a, a new head coach. I thought some of the tries they scored were very good. Clearly, England's defensive system oh, is... Yeah a work in progress and it's going to take a while because Felix Jones has brought in the kind of the, the spring box mentality um, interesting to see actually Jerry Flannery has obviously been announced today as the new spring box defence coach which is is an unbelievable move for him so I don't see on, on England I'll believe it when I see it that they're going to move in a new direction in terms of their attack because I was fascinated to see it. I was so unfortunate that Marcus Smith got injured because I was fascinated to see how were they going to use Marcus Smith, who's been very good again for Harlequins. We're still waiting for that kind of form to translate to the test stage. Does it translate to the wow. test stage? But was Marcus Smith going to be asked to, a bit like we were talking about Jack Crowley and Andy Farrell, you know, fit into the system, but bring your own game to it while you do that. But in my mind, Bortwick is always going to be about that kick-heavy, like direct approach, forward-orientated. And that's pretty like what a lot of what England is about as well. So when Marcus Smith got injured last week, I was kind of thinking, this is probably a blessing in disguise in a way for, for yeah. Bortwick because now he can go back to George Ford, who's fit again, even though Finn Smith could, could end up overtaking Marcus Smith. He looks like a serious, serious player. player and yeah. a little bit probably more like a Bortwick player. Like he more has, like an English player. Yeah, he has the X mm. factor, but he's a bit more pragmatic as well. Look mm. at the way he saw out the game for Northampton ah, and Thomas Park. So. Yeah. I do think though you do at some stage have to try to, I don't know, build a team around Marcus Smith. He's too much skill to not at least give it a concerted effort to and fair enough if, if after like a, a full season or two seasons he's not delivering at the national level then maybe not but he's kind of small as well though Will he's small for international Finn rugby. Smith's small as well ah, he's not that small he's not as small as Marcus Smith George Ford is small yeah but that's always been an issue for him oh in my mind I, I agree they should they should definitely give Marcus Smith time absolutely yeah, I mean like he's just so, so good to watch and every neutral would say that as well but he's injured at the moment. He would have started. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. but was he going to be started and asked to yeah. bring his own game, or was he going to ask to be playing the thing? So I'm waiting, like you will, to see this New England approach defensively. Fair enough, but in terms of attack, I like I'll believe it when I see it under Steve Bortwick. Yeah, yeah I'll be interested to see how they get on against Wales this weekend. Like, like they're massive favourites in the bookies. I'm just like, what, what am I watching? Like, that says more about Wales, though. I know, yeah, but Wales are... you would you will will they be able to build on mm -hmm. that second half performance? I just don't think they have the quality in their team. Sheet. If it wasn't as if it was a good team playing badly, it was a bad team playing badly. Their halfbacks improved it when the the replacements yeah, came Yo on. Lloyd is is a real dynamic, yeah. you know, ball player, but I don't know if he's a Six Nations. Yeah. Level, Tom, Thomas Williams, you know, yeah. played well when he came. And George on, so. Norley, I think, might be back for this game, which will add a bit of his experience into the back line. Yeah. But it's a very callow-looking team, like, you know, and they're missing yeah. the good players. They do have like Jack Morgan, George Nord injured, uh, you know, last weekend. So yeah. mm -hmm. be interesting. And they, and they need them. Yeah, yeah. they need those yeah. guys. Like they're. They're bare bones, I think, at the moment, and it's a, a little to my to my mind. I think England as well, though. Like they don't look like they lack the star power. Like Marcus Smith is a bit of star power. You go, oh, he's special. But England have always had a few of those guys, and I just look at them and I think, mm -hmm. where is the really exciting player? Like you know, and I, I just don't see that at the moment. Too laggy has probably not been at his best. You know, for you know, injuries, he's injuries. He's done as a top player I think oh Jesus well I don't know yeah like he's just always he's injured he's, he's, he's always, injured yeah. just, I think the injuries are really caught up on him at this yeah. point but he's still like, but, but you're you're 33 it's a, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a very good point though there is Marcus Smith is you'd probably say the poster boy but he hasn't yeah. had time in the saddle yeah. to show that he is the man like Itoje you know isn't the same player so he signed a new contract with Saracens I was a bit surprised I Can thought I, he might go to France answer me this. is there one player so if you had a, a Six Nations Alliance 1 even. to 15 is there one English player that, that starts for you no. no, I don't think so either. No. Which I don't think I've ever yeah. ever said about an English team. I would say is... a lot of English fans would even admit that. Like who? Oh, yeah, yeah. who I don't even know who you'd be who you'd be talking. Alex about. Mitchell would be pushing, but Gibson Park is better. Yeah. And you could, Park, and you no could, way, yeah. I don't know if you could go further and say they wouldn't get in a Lions team, but I think it's pretty close. I don't know. At the moment, there wouldn't there would no English player would start in a Lions test team. Sorry, that's what I was thinking of. I wasn't yeah. even considering oh, the French. French like, yeah, yeah, no, but yeah, even yeah, the Lions. Yeah, there's yeah, no yeah, way. Yeah. At that's the moment. Amazing to me. Like, at yeah. the moment. Not even when you think of it, like, there's not even one guy and you go, wow, like that, that really is 
an, an amazing thing to, to say. Gange, uh, maybe? I don't know. Not a chance. Not a chance. Who's he getting in ahead of? No chance. No, Porter, he's penalty machine. No, Porter's moment, penalty will be, that'll nah, all be every, sorted every, out. Every, every, no, but everything else in the end of the pitch, he's <laughs> so much better. He's, oh, he's, yeah. he's, I, know, I know he's a very dynamic carrier, Gange, but the turnovers, the tackling, like he's way better. If Farrell was still playing, I think there'd be an argument for, for Farrell. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. No, but like he's not, so you don't think so? That's the only one I could make That is a real, I think like... That shows you where Welsh rugby's at, that they can't, that, that you're looking at them as not being Bookie's favourites for, for, or not even within, like close to this no. English team who have been playing absolutely yeah. terribly. Now, you know, could the English team, like I think they probably have to be fairly turgid, I think, if they want to be successful, which is not what they want to hear. Um, and probably will not suit someone like Marcus Smith. But um, I don't know, like I, I think, like, do you know what, I, I feel like what, what was surprising to me in the weekend was that they had periods where the defence was brilliant and you could see that South African enemy. But they had periods where the, I thought the one-on-one tackling like they just were so bad. Like some of those tries that Italy the ran one, in, the one at the really end. exciting, awful. Yeah, like awful, I know the awful game was stuff. done, but like still basic shocking. skills, yeah. hands low, just getting hand it off, hand, hand hand it off yeah. like really, really basic stuff. Not getting feet close to contact, head in wrong positions, basic stuff for international rugby players. If if I'm being very honest, you know. So I think Felix Jones is the perfect guy to get in there to try and change things. But it looks like it's a bigger job than maybe even he thought. So um, we wait and see if they can improve that part of it. Because if they can do that, and English teams generally can can do that pretty well, mm-hmm. um, you know, will they be able to turn things around and put pressure on other teams? They probably can. But um, at the moment, it looks like a bigger, it looks like a fairly big job to get them back to being, you know, a very, very competitive and a strong team in the Six Nations. Still a banana skin Ireland going there. They're tweaking them though. I 100% think, so. they'd be yeah. difficult to beat yeah, at home. Yeah. No doubt. 100%. Yeah. yeah, and like, you know, England will be, you know, their massive favourites we said against Wales. Like that England Scotland game, they could well be three from three each or two from two going into a three from three. And then like Ireland could be playing an England team with their tails up. So who knows? There's a lot, a lot of rugby still be played in Six Nations, even though Ireland are big favourites. Just before we finish up, you were the 20s game on Saturday night in Axon Provence, the only guy to stay on. Uh, yeah. Fair play to you. Um, great win. Obviously, to be fair, France were missing a number of guys who could play. They were playing top 14. Like Tuilagi obviously was playing against Ireland the, uh, the night before. But still, great for, you know, it looks like another Grand Slam potentially in the offing. Yeah, I was making this point in the match report, Will. I mean, to have two Irish wins in France in 24 hours is amazing. Mm. I mean, and it should never be taken for granted because I think we're all so scarred from, you know, growing up in... Was it 30 years before, when, before Brian... We're also yeah. used to yeah. just being scarred when Ireland teams yeah. play in France. And mm. yeah, they were exceptional, Will. Um, yeah. Like it was a brilliant game to watch. They they got a bonus point as well. Just to mention a couple of guys, I thought Jack Murphy, who's the son of Richie, um, the head coach, his kicking display that he put on yeah, was, the one near the end was amazing. Serious. And, and he was, and like, was an unbelievable I, kicker. I, yeah, like it's no surprise. I mean, you imagine the amount of hours that they must have put in together. <laughs> um, but like, I don't know if it came across on TV, but there was 8,000 people there and they were booing and howling and hissing like mad. The classic kind of South of French, yeah. South France atmosphere. And for a guy who thinks he's like 19, to, to handle that was amazing. You had Brian Gleeson, who, look, everyone would have seen him playing last year, would have seen him playing for Munster. The guy is like a freak of a talent at this level. Um, I was tweeting during the game that he looked like an overage player playing 20s rugby. <laughs> he is he is the real deal. It's only a matter of time before he's the monster number eight, in my in my opinion. And Hugh Gavin in midfield, a guy who played in the wing last last year for the 20s, was exceptional as well. Looks like he's piled on a few kilos. Really and powerful. Right yeah, yeah, really powerful, strong, a contact. And similar enough to Andy Farrell's senior team, it does open up a little bit now. England are supposed to be pretty good at They're not going to have to play England over there. But they won a Grand Slam last season as well, got to the junior World Cup final so the future is bright and what a weekend for Irish rugby like I said to have two wins in the south of France it was amazing and a privilege to be there as well yeah, really was a great weekend for Irish rugby. Not often you get two wins, not just one. And just before we finish up, guys, we're going to do the uh, Bank of Ireland moment of the week on the Left Wing podcast. My one, I know we discussed a lot of these moments earlier, but we, it's worth going back over them again. Ty Burns try for me. You know, the, the 10 kind of phase set leading up to it, the carries were just, you don't see French team or this French team certainly put back on their heels the way the Irish forwards are punching holes. And then there's a the lovely little pop pass from Crowley and Byrne galloping through untouched as well as, as the defence parts was just a brilliant moment and it kind of just rubber stamped their dominance at the time putting them two scores ahead and you know set the scene for, for the second half and Ty Byrne I think we didn't really touch on him you know, hugely in terms of his individual performance you know maybe 
struggling a bit for form post World Cup. I thought he was back to his absolute best the weekend. And when he plays well, the whole Ireland team plays well. He's a real galvanizing player because his impact is always like big moments, like you know, a, a huge steal, or, you know, a big moment at the line out and stuff like that. So delighted for him and you know, a really good drive. Yeah, I fully agree. We should have given Tyg Byrne um, more credit than we did. Ty, or Joe McCarthy seemed to get all the plaudits, but Tyg Byrne was exceptional. Um, my moment of the week was Calvin Nash's try. Um, what I liked about it was it came at a time when France were enjoying their purple patch after halftime. Thomas Ramos had just missed the kick at goal. Like I said, it would have made it a four-point game and you would have been really nervous then. But the character that Ireland showed to go straight down uh, the other end of the pitch and for like I said about the multi-layered attack really came to fruition you had Jack Crowley going in clearing out a breakdown you'd, you'd Hugo Keenan stepping in as first receiver lovely pass out wide to Robbie Henshaw who did really well and that little offload to Caelan Doris who pops it in for Calvin Nash who we discussed was really nervous all week what a moment on your Six Nations debut to score a try in that atmosphere and to me that was the winning of the game there was no coming back from that from France and yeah just a moment he'll never forget I thought he played well he didn't get a huge amount of ball but he had one really good carry I think it was actually in the lead up to Ty Byrne try potentially where he took it off a line out you know, in the middle and yeah. made like 10 metres but, well. but he looks like do you know what I loved about it he looked like a seasoned pro yeah. like he looked like a guy who I believe he's a very hard worker and all that yeah. great trainer and great shape and all that but he looked like a guy who didn't overthink anything he just he looked I'm good at this and, and he did all the basics really well and I thought he played really well without without having big moments really bar the try I mm -hmm. just thought he was really really good so I was really pleased for him he's a yeah. guy who I was making this point a couple of weeks ago in a pod I think it was with Sinead that I think we underestimate guys who you think are gone to a certain level but the next level they can kick onto when they get time in international mm -hmm. camp with the likes of Andy Farrell Mike Cap, Paul O'Connell I think we, we can kind of forget that there are another, another levels because look we all know the freakishly talented guys like Joe McCarthy Caelan Doris well, the, the talent is obvious but Calvin Nash has had to work so hard for everything he's got not that the others haven't but wasn't fancied yeah. by Johan van Graan he was talking about retiring because he was injured he wasn't getting game time and to, like I said to have a moment like that himself was just exceptional yeah. and the funny thing was I thought his impact might come in the air like he's really good at like you know getting the ball mm. back and you know winning back I nearly did yeah. especially by picking Mafena you know I yeah. thought he, he might be like someone who might be getting on the end of some of those but you know it didn't really materialise in the game Luke, he, he defended well as yeah. well I was yeah, really he's pleased good defender, yeah. he's good defender Strong. and like that requires a bit of calmness and, and toughness mm -hmm. so he was that, that's great to see for him uh, yeah my moment was actually a kind of different one it was and I could have picked two of these for Hugo Keenan but I'm going to pick the Penal one down the left the left mm -hmm. uh, the left touchline because he's been unstoppable I see Shane Horgan picked him as his like player his favourite player at the moment in the Six Nations um, you know and I'm not surprised because he's clearly been watching Bordeaux like he's magic yeah. and he's really really slippery and hard to stop they got a little bit of a, a, bit, a bit of a leeway it was our left hand side their right hand side obviously where he's playing and um, Keenan he kind of tries to stand them up and go outside Keenan and he gives a lovely little low tackle into touch and I just thought that's a real class player because it's not it won't seem like a massive moment but it was a big mm -hmm. moment to put him down there underrated moment like because if they yeah. score on a try yeah. first couple of minutes like the atmosphere is completely yeah. different well the obvious one is probably the one where he gets the shot in the stones and uh, it was a huge tackle but um, that was a bit, bit I don't know I don't know like it was a bit dirty was it like when Penno kicks his leg back into... I actually didn't notice any of that I didn't. Yeah. I missed it to be honest so with you I, I, I was just thinking that was a great was tackle but yeah. it was an exceptional tackle unbelievable that, that kind of tackle is the kind of tackle where your teammates yeah. feed off that and go they're I not beating I mentioned that today. one because the other one there was like the one a little bit a few minutes later where Pinot goes through I was like I just felt like it kind of took away from that massive tackle but the other one where Ireland were kind of in the ascendancy France looked like they got a little bit of leeway down that side I was thinking oh no here's that moment that France were only a month from 40 chops him down no big deal and that's well, that's to my mind is a guy you can really rely on I think he I think he might be the best fullback in the world I love watching him he's got everything to me and I think the tackling was the last little bit for me never that he was not up for it but I thought he made a few mistakes for Leinster uh, a couple of years back particularly the the Rue try in the final do you remember that Raymond mm. Rue try he should have got he should have laid a glove on him at least there But uh, and I criticised him for it at the time 
but he now to me is a polished, the, polished player. He's got the he's, he's he's the full package. He's got everything. He's got the kicking game, the catching game, the tackling, and he's magic. Obviously, going forward. I'm glad you picked it as your moment because he is. He has become one of these guys who we don't probably focus a huge amount on because you just expect him to be a nine out of ten yeah. every week. He is probably magic Ireland's player, most yeah. consistent performers um, over the last few years. And yeah, mm. great moment. I was very tempted to pick that Finn Russell interview as my moment. Of the week. <laughs> 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 probably should pick something in the game, uh, but yeah. Yeah, but the bus is reversed <laughs> over all his teammates in his first ever like moment as his captain on BBC on terrestrial TV no less but I think it speaks to the Irish performance you know we picked out three moments yeah, so we yeah. could have picked out ten different ones and it that's the key fixture in yeah, the competition the I key think, fixture but you know they, it was a real great way to kick off the tournament I'd like to thank Keen and Luke for joining me on tonight's episode of the Left Wing Podcast we'll have another show later in the week reacting to the Ireland team announcement for the game against Italy and in the meantime you can subscribe to us on Spotify Apple Podcasts or listen on independent.ie so until next time, thanks so much and goodbye.